BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Recruiting Podcast, a podcast for OU recruiting fans by Sooners360.com. Each week we catch you up on the latest in OU recruiting news and provide opinions and evaluations on all things related to OU football recruiting. I'm Chris Mason, the lead recruiting analyst for Sooners360.com. As always, I'm joined this week by my co-host, Caleb Cummings, Sooners360 talent evaluator and opinion creator. This is episode 53, titled Another Week, Another Verbal. As always, we will begin with the latest in Sooner football recruiting news, and we will start right off the bat with a commitment. And this week it is Devon Jordan from Tulsa Union. So last week, Caleb, it was Michael Boganowski kind of surprising us with a commitment. And I got to say, Devin Jordan also surprised us with a commitment. Uh, he committed on Friday. He just posted a uh, on X a post announcing it. Uh, I, we recorded a podcast the previous night where I said I didn't know what was going on with Devon Jordan, and maybe he was going to lose his position to Cameron Campbell. So thanks, Devon. I had to record a, uh, a correction basically on Friday that our, our producer, Matt Burns, was able to get added to the podcast last week. But now we can intelligently talk about Devon Jordan a little bit, and uh, it looks to me, Caleb, like it's either some combination of Devon just realizing he was ready to pull the trigger, or Devon didn't want Cameron Campbell or anyone else to perhaps get uh, get a get a chance to perhaps take his his OU his OU spot away. So I'm going to let you do a little bit of evaluation on uh, Devon a little bit later, but. Uh, Ken, were you, were you a little surprised that this that we basically in 24 hours uh, Devon rendered our, our podcast inaccurate? Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was classic. I was like, "Oh, you're kidding me!" Because there was all this hype about an OU commitment. I we thought it was going to be somebody else because we weren't able to our sources weren't able to give us like any direct info. So I'm like, "Yeah, it's going to be this guy. It's going to be this guy." Then all of a sudden, it was Devon Jordan. I was like, "Ah, crap." And I just looked like an idiot last night, telling saying I didn't know what was going on with him, and maybe he wouldn't have a spot, and 
He was dragging this out until December, which is what he publicly said. And then just boom, he just he just turns completely around and uh, grabs the OU spot. So to Devon, if you're listening, we apologize for last week's pod, sort of, but congratulations. Good job grabbing the OU brass ring. I'm a Tulsa native, so always nice to see a Tulsa player grabbing the OU brass ring and choosing to be a Sooner and not going to, you know, Oklahoma State or A&M or Bama or TCU, which I think were probably TCU, Bama, and uh, A&M were his other top three choices. So, so Caleb, uh, other than it's a little funny, um, do you think this is another instance of sort of a combination of things, OU's momentum on the field and in recruiting? Do you think that's playing a role here? I think that's likely. I, I think, uh, yeah, honestly, I would. my bet would be a combination of, of a couple of factors. And this is, one, a complete assumption. You know, I know he had like an Alabama offer, and I think they were really high on his list. But uh, I also think, you know, word is Alabama had some other kids that they've got higher up on their board. And so I don't know how realistic, at, you know, as we said at the end of October, uh, that it was for him for that Alabama offer to be committable for Devon as of, you know, this week. So I think that played into a little bit. But you also mentioned TCU, right? Which, you know, is I think everybody realizes now, and probably most of us did last year, that TCU playing for the national title was, you know, a one in a million, stars aligned, everything. They got all the breaks. Everything kind of and, went and, their and way perfectly. And they apparently know that knew that Michigan was stealing their signals. So they and, uh, they and Michigan, it was like a t- combination of like Michigan stole their signals and overlooked them at the same time, yeah. which is which is <laughs> hilarious. But I know Michigan, everybody's stealing everybody's signals. Michigan just goes a little bit further apparently than what we know of other programs. Like yeah, I, no one's I, no one's getting caught to this stupidly getting caught to this level. Yeah, like I got my hands over my. Every time something like this breaks, and I've been this way forever. Every time something like this happens, I'm immediately going like, "Oh God, please don't get Oklahoma, please don't get caught, Oklahoma, please don't get caught." <laughs> because the reality is, you know, it's like football coach would tell you, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Uh, so well, and- I I do think all that plays into it. I think another thing, it wouldn't shock me. I think TCU being not very good right now. Well, probably it just pounded last week, right? Yeah. I mean, I thought they'd be more competitive in some of these. You know, really following – because we did a bunch of, uh, you know, preseason looks at the, the Big 12, yeah. right? And so I really dug into, you know, what are the depth charts coming back? You know, what – you know, the numbers for each one of these teams. Where did they rank last year? All of this. And then you read a little bit on each team. And the stuff that was coming out from Sonny Dykes at TCU, what their beat writers were saying. You know, Sonny was saying, sure, they lost, you know, uh, Quentin Johnson to the NFL. But this is far and away the most talented wide receiver group he'd ever been around. It was more talented than last year's better top to bottom that they were even elite. You had their beat writers saying that this offensive line was physically the best looking group they've ever seen. You know, that just their front, they just looked great. And so you're expecting, okay, hey, you know, they're, they're going to be okay. Uh, so to see them going out there and just getting their head kicked in by some teams that you wouldn't expect has been has been really surprising. And uh, I, I, I'll be honest, like personally, I guess I somewhat expect, okay, as the season goes on, they'll get whatever issue that is. They'll get that fixed. And yeah, seeing them get just pounded last week, I was like, okay, 
I'm wrong a lot because I surely they really did not get that issue fixed. Uh, it's been surprising. And so I wonder if all of that, you know, Oklahoma in-state school is killing it and they're consistent. Defense is turned around. And then he looks down the road and it's like, well, you know, TCU, maybe it's looking like, you know, what I really liked with them. That maybe was just, you know, lightning in a bottle. Right. And A&M's obviously interest was obviously heavily interested as well. Um, That's right. Reports. But I, that that we will get to some A and M topics in a, later here in the news section. Um, so we like Devon Jordan. He's a five eleven, six foot, one hundred and seventy pound cornerback. If I'll let you do your evaluation a little bit later. If my only comment would be with the three cornerbacks OU bring is his has in the class right now, and I think they're done at cornerback. Would have to be done at cornerback, barring some massive change with somebody. Um, you know, Eli Bowen is probably five nine. Jeremiah Newcomb is probably six foot. Jordan's six foot. So it's just I kind of wish there was a Makari Vickers or a Jacoby Johnson in the group. Um, but you've got big guys like that in the previous class. And if you add some bigger bodies, which we'll talk about in a second, if you got more length, a little more length and height in the next class, it all kind of combines together and, and it's maybe a wash. But yeah, I will say this, and you know, and I'll maybe kind of take this back a little bit because I think I mentioned before in a previous pod that, you know, hey, uh, Jordan is is listed at anywhere from 5'11 to 6'1. I was like, but that all looks kind of generous because he's really lean. Watching his senior tape back and then watching Cameron Campbell back to back with him, I remember one thing, and that is for me personally, this is maybe it's just my eye, I guess. I friggin' struggle <laughs> to tell you to get a good gauge of the size when you're watching these high school games or they're shooting the friggin' shot from the moon. And yeah. Union Stadium is so big that it's like, God damn it, man, just give me a better angle so I can see his height and his length. Because he doesn't look you know, so Trey Brown would be a good example. Trey Brown was five nine and a three quarters or whatever it was, five nine, five ten ish. But he looked at on tape. So I'm assuming I'll, I'll say I'll take back a little bit, and I'll assume that uh, Devon is is the listed six foot. You know, let's, he's like seen him five eleven to six one. We'll cut it in half and say he's a legit six foot. If that's the case, I think his height. He's got good arm length. Again, yeah, it's uh, it's so good. He's 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 got good size. Uh, but I man, yeah, I wish maybe maybe there is a film where they play somebody in an away game and that angle comes down and you can actually get a, a good gauge at size. Yeah, so um, that's Devon Jordan. So the guy I thought we were waiting on and was going to leave us waiting for weeks and weeks. So he's off the waiting list. He's now a Sooner. Congrats to him. Intelligent decision. Devon, good job. Hey, so Union, one of the, Tulsa Union, Union's been good to Oklahoma. Well, you I mean, you Trey Brown, uh, Dom Franks. Uh, Jordan if, Kelly. Jordan Kelly. If we can ever get Jaden Rowe healthy onto the field, everybody, yeah. our sources – Brave about Brave about him. They're like, if we can just get him healthy on the field, watch out. I'm like, okay, we keep waiting. And he's he's banged up, so it's so it's. I'm, I find it too hard hard to kind of pick too much on him because he's banged up. So yeah, for sure. Um, some some guys just have this injury bad luck, and then it all disappears. And they're Rodney Anderson, and they run for two, nearly two thousand yards, and should have won us a Rose Bowl. So, uh, but on to other topics. The guy, one of the guys we are waiting on is is Grant Bricks, and it seems to be an OU Nebraska stalemate uh, deadlock. And I gotta say, 
Okay, the Nebraska pulled out, and other podcasts have talked about this. So, recruiting podcasts. Oh. So, we got we got to we got to get our kicks and and our jokes in while we can. Uh, Nebraska appears to think that um, Grant that sorry, Nebraska seems to think Grant Bricks is a fan of the nineteen seventies movie Convoy with Chris Christopherson. Uh, <laughs> if you've not heard the song Convoy, it's a classic seventies CB radio trucker revolution. Uh, movement that was in the U.S. smoking the bandit convoy with these kind of movies that kind of glamorized this. So to take us in the way back history machine. So apparently they think Grant Briggs is a huge fan of um, of these movies and this whole trucker uh, trucker rebel lifestyle. There's a TV show BJ and the Bear in the '80s to really date myself. Uh, uh, if you ever remember that, that's all part of this. And they so they drove a Nebraska equipment truck. And parked it on his football field. And it's the most baffling recruiting move I can remember in a long time. Um, unless that truck was full of prize-winning hogs or cattle <laughs> for Brinks. I don't see as it being very much of a recruiting movement. Um, it's, it's, the, it's a bizarre move. Um, and, and Caleb, to me, I, it smacks of like desperation. Like they literally have run out of ideas on how to maybe try and keep Grant Briggs from committing to OU. And someone in some meeting said, well, let's just drive a truck over. It's not that far. And and like one of those ideas where, you know, it's just like, it's like a classic line from a movie, like, you know, that idea is just so dumb it might work. This, this idea is just so dumb it might work. Famous last words. Yeah, it's like, this, is, this idea is just so crazy it might work. Okay, who's driving the truck? I, I want to know. Does did an assistant coach get to drive a truck, or, or you know, was he along and was he riding shotgun? Um, was Benny the Cornhusker the mascot in the back in the cab? Uh, did they pick up? Did they pick up hitchhikers slash um, hookers at truck stops on the way? I mean, um, <laughs> have you ever seen Detroit Rock City? <laughs> Yes, yes. That part was like, he's like, hey, pick her up. It's like, hey, man, horror, I've seen horror movies start yeah, this uh, way. And he looks up, it's like, yeah, I've seen porn start this way, too. <laughs> so, um, you know, because, you know, for the longest time, like, uh, I remember when I was, remember was in high school, um, Skya took, kept, kept getting raided by the FBI because they were running um, uh, brothels and semis from wow. the, from the you know, the port of Skya took. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, sorry, Porta, because it was Katusa. Sorry, it was Katusa. Sorry, Sky. Sorry, sorry, Sky took for, for me defaming you. It was in Katusa. So the Porta Katusa, like they were uh, somebody, some some enterprising individual was running brothels out of semi trucks at the really? Porta Katusa. Oh yeah. And uh and mm-hmm. sorry. Capitalism. That, 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 yeah, yeah, at its finest, right? Hey, there's a hey, need. Look, one of my favorite comedians is George Carlin, and he always pointed out if you know, if 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 you know the carnal act of that, right? <laughs> if that if that's legal and selling things is legal, how come selling that is not legal? Of course, that's Carlin, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, to, to have gotten in every every trucker related joke I think I have in my system, Caleb. If you were Nebraska, what would be your next recruiting gadget to try and convince Grant Bricks to to? To, to to not sign with OU and choose the Huskers. What do you think? What do you think is actually realistically left in the in the holster uh, for the Huskers? Well, it depends, right? It depends on um, we've we haven't talked to in 
not truthfully, not a lot of the not a lot of uh, the recruit Knicks have only, talked to uh, Grant only, Bricks. Only Parker Thune, who credit to him, is willing to drive up to Iowa and and meet with the kid. So, so I would say, like what they, from what I've heard, from what you hear, and and just like the scuttlebutt, it's a fun word you really get to use. Uh, it would be one freaking just went on the field. Just go win. And you know what? They've quietly, I will say this, and this I would normally not say this, but I probably know a couple people, and I might be able to myself in a pinch, actually start a quarterback for a Big Ten West team. It's that bad. Like, I don't know if you watch. I just wanted to see because I fought. I've, it's like it's, 50s, I think it's, it's 50s football. It's 50s yeah. football. I think it's interesting. The whole, and anybody doesn't know, but uh, Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator at Iowa, has been one of the worst offensive coordinators in the history of football, but it just so happens to stat as the head coach. Well, let me parlay in saying this. I've always hated the thought that a football, particularly at a university, it's not a family-run business. Like that whole deal of like, oh, we're going to hire – I mean, you want to talk about piss me off. I just about dropped the F-bomb there. Like, don't do that. Like, it's not a family-run business. Like, Brian Ferentz, you didn't start. Don't hire anyone you can't fire. Yeah, I'm sorry. Kirk Ferentz, you didn't start Iowa football. You don't get to go like, well, I want to hire my family in this. No, you didn't like invent this and start it and run it. It's not a family-run business. But I say that. He hit his contract. Everybody was so pissed. They were so terrible. He had to sign a deal that said, must win seven games. Other part of that, you must score, I think, 350 or 325 points. 325 which, points. Which equates to 27 with the points bowl, a With game. a bowl game. With a bowl game. Right. Yeah. With a, it equates to 27 points a game. There's no chance in hell they will reach that. <laughs> no. They are so bad. Their backup quarterback came in. That's why I say, I was like, I actually think I know guys that could throw the ball better than you. Right. He's 260 pounds, like fat, like not even in good shape. And he's thrown – I mean, it's horrible how bad they are. Uh, so I would say if you're if you're Nebraska, like go beat Purdue. Go beat Michigan State. You can beat Wisconsin, right? Uh, Mordecai broke his hand. And you can beat Iowa. You do that, right? And then I think Maryland scores enough points. You know, that'll be a yeah, tough yeah. game. But if you win – Four of your last five, and you finish eight wins. Like that's how you go get Grant Bricks. You know, I'm torn. I, I will say this. I, I think I put this on the board. Everybody came. All the sources came out two weeks ago and was like, "Yeah, Bricks looks like he's going to Oklahoma." We've heard that multiple times. Hasn't yeah, happened. Some, something did move because Nebraska did. The truck is clearly a reaction to to stuff. Clearly, there, right. So I'm they, hopeful. They are, yeah, yeah, but it's. But I, it's that's also weird. an interesting one because for a kid that apparently does not love this, the limelight, does not want the spotlight, wants this to be just about ball and wants to move on, to go to a small town and do that where – I grew up in a small town. Every person in that small town is going to give him shit about that. Because that's just how small towns work. And it's going to be in a fun way. I'm sure they all love Grant, you know, but that's what you do to your friends. That's what you do to people you like, right? <laughs> you, if you, you know, you give them a hard time. And so that's surprising that they would do that. I think that does, I think it is a good indication that it looks like maybe it's close to over and it's not going to be Nebraska. So they're trying to do whatever they can to be like, choose Nebraska. Yeah, it's a weird recruiting. So, well, we're still waiting for the Grant Bricks thing to maybe get over the goal line one way or the other. 
Uh, Caleb, OU's gotten some more in-state 25 momentum going. We talked about Marcus James quite a bit on the last podcast. He's deciding next week, November 2nd. And then a name, uh, he's one of the Carl Albert players, and then there's, there's two Carl Albert guys left that aren't committed to OU. And then, Caleb, over the weekend, there was this flurry of activity about Tristan Haynes with uh, crystal balls and forecasts and predictions. And he's the cornerback wide receiver on the team. He's ranked number 83 on the composite 100 on 247. Uh, And he's having a great junior year. He's playmaking all over the field. Um, So, Caleb, if if for some reason all this OU predictive activity is right and and he ends up, I think he'll choose a commitment date after Marcus James. I think he'll let his teammate have his day in the sun and then go a little bit later. But let's just say everything is trending right on there. Uh, I think this is a big addition, and he's 6'2", 175, 180 pounds. He's playing great on both sides of the ball. If you have this kind of length and athleticism at cornerback to go with the other class, which is really good athletes as well, and and locking down this kid in state, and he's got offers all over the board from, from Power 5. I mean, everybody wants this kid. Uh, if he was a uh, if he was to go ahead and trend and choose OU, I think that's a pretty big addition. Oh, I think it's huge. Yeah, you know when you say he's got offers from everyone, he's uh, and he's got an Alabama offer. You know we talked a little bit about you know uh, where, where Devon Jordan's might be given how late it is in the cycle and, and that maybe not committable. Uh, Haynes is that that he's high up on their board. He's a guy that. Everyone wants, everyone loves, and he has the look of, and I don't know what, what his track times are to be able to gauge, you know, and, and talk and use the often overused word. And I say overused because I overuse it, but elite athleticism and speed. But you watch him, he absolutely looks like a plethora of corners that have come out of Alabama in the last 10 years. Hit that 6'2, going to probably grow into 190 pounds, just fluid, long, athletic. Uh, he, I mean, he, he has a look of a, 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 it's hard to say in some regards, as you don't know, you haven't seen all the other kids, but a top 125, top 100 player in the country that, that Carl Albert team look is, is extremely loaded. Uh, you know, and I would say, keep in mind that, you know, guys like he, he and, 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 uh, Marcus James, they're, they're super talented prospects. Meaning, like they're really good high school football players, but what those g- kids can grow into and become in two, three years is uh, special. You know, given they're they're just you know one how good they are already, but just the, the development runway that's in front of them. Yeah, I think, uh, and the other thing is his his wide receiver, his ball skills are excellent. It's like he's making big plays on both sides of the, of the football. And that's what you like to see, right? Like, okay. Oh, this absolutely. Guy can't, it's like Elijah Thomas at uh, Chicota, right? He's making plays all at special teams, at cornerback, a wide receiver, just another guy like that, another in-state kid. So that's uh, what that's you a, want. I always think back to, I remember uh, Urban Meyer talking about this. And of course he was, you know, talking about how things had changed a little bit, uh, given how, specialized even that had gotten at the high school level but you know he always talked about like when they recruited corners and he talked about joe hayden was a corner that before they started 
going after him hard. Uh, he wasn't a five-star. You know, once he went to some camps and he'd committed to Florida, I think he jumped up to being in that five-star range. But you know, we talked about like, look, one of the reasons we went after Hayden is because when we watched his high school film and Urban said like, this was just the way he recruited since he was at Notre Dame as like a graduate assistant or like Lou Holtz, right? It was, you wouldn't watch the high school team. It was like, show me who's there. Are the kids playing tailback or he's playing quarterback or they're playing, he's playing quarterback and receiver, tailback and receiver, and they're moving him around and he plays corner. That tells you he's their best athlete, you know, and not to pick on a guy like a long forgotten name, but like it was something with like uh, PJ and Bonasaur that was always like, we were like oh, a little bit worried here. He's six two and he looks 190 pounds. And he looks great on the hoof, but he, has never picked a pass off in high school, and he only plays corner. His team does not flip him over and play him at receiver and just, you know, try to get him the ball. So you start to wonder, like, how great of an athlete is he Is he truly? Uh, and Haynes, like you said, he's he's that guy where, you know, uh, Carl Albert needs to play. It's like, go line up at receiver, and I'll, you know, and I'll throw you the ball. Yeah, Kevin And Kevin Sperry, the OU quarterback of 25, throws a 60-yard bomb to him. So yeah. that's happened like any number of highlights this, this year. So that's the good news coming out of um, out of the weekend, it looks like. So we're going to recap quickly who visited for UCF, who didn't, and was there anything really coming out of that? So the first news, who did visit? And Reggie Powers took his unofficial visit to OU based upon all the forecasts and predictions coming in. He absolutely loved that visit. He posted his uh, uniform photo shoot just the other day, Caleb. And boy, does he look good in crimson and cream as a safety prospect. He looks every bit the the 6'1", 200-pound, muscled-up kind of guy that you want uh, added to this to this secondary group. So he looks fantastic. And I'm not sure, you know, we, we'll get this podcast up as soon as we can, but I'm not sure by the time you guys listen to this, I think there's a, there's a strong possibility that, that, uh, that Reggie will have committed to OU. So we'll catch up on that in the next episode if that ends up happening. He's coming back for an official visit for West Virginia, or at least that's the plan. I think. I don't think it's. I don't think he's waiting that long. I think he's going to pull the trigger pretty soon. Some of the some of the names, the forecasts coming in, especially Alan Trio, who's the two four seven Big Ten region uh, recruiting specialist, does a fantastic job covering that that area. Um, and of course, kind of gives off the. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong here. Kind of gives off the feeling that he's maybe reached out to one of these guys that does a graphic. And is waiting yeah. for a graphic to come back, and that's where everybody's like, "Okay, this is where he's going here." Or he's, or he's, or or he's spoken to one of these. I mean, Wilt Fong, a lot of the the big names. Trio's the guy who's really got the the local connections. I I wonder if maybe one of them has an interview in the can, mm, and he's yeah. waiting for he's waiting for graphics to announce, and they're like, "Yeah, this is a done deal." Because Trio especially has the kind of relationship in Ohio and the Ohio high school area to to kind of have that that indication it's like when he says something you're like okay uh, you should perk up and listen like greg biggins on the west coast when greg biggins says hey this guy's really good you're like okay let's pay attention to that because he knows what he's talking about so right so that's reggie cameron campbell didn't come in and cameron campbell didn't come in because devon jordan verbal oh you said <laughs> we're not we're not going to waste your time we don't want to waste your time for something for a position that's no longer there so Thanks. Thanks for playing. This is the sad way recruiting goes. You get all excited about looking at a prospect and then somebody else steals the position. You're like, okay. Uh, the one bizarre thing and not so bizarre with the stupid uh, 12 p.m. Eastern kickoff 
as Eddie Pierre-Louis didn't make it in. So he's talking about coming back for the West Virginia game. Apparently he may try and make another UCF home game. This thing's all sort of in the weeds there. Um, we'll just see what ends up happening one way or the other with it. So again, like Bricks, I don't know what else OU has to do to push this battle over the over the goal line. It's it's at the point where everyone thought he was heading to OU and thought something was about to happen, and then he didn't visit. So it's it's in a weird it's in a weird place. Well, and um, I'm not a huge like West Virginia fan, but they've got uh, they're at UCF this weekend, and they follow that up with with a game at BYU. I'm sorry, BYU goes to. Uh, Morgantown before Oklahoma. I, you know, maybe if you're an Oklahoma fan, you're rooting for West Virginia to win both those games and to, you know, avoid an, another noon kickoff. Well, and I try to avoid another noon kickoff if you can get, you know, a late kickoff. You've uh, only had six of them. And then, then again, at the same time, you could, given that so much is tied into the Fox, maybe you're rooting for West Virginia to lose one or both of those games. And then and you to make actually it less attractive. Avo- to make it less attractive for the big noon. <laughs> I, I'll have to look at, I'll have to look at the big 10 lineup is it, I don't suppose Michigan's playing Penn state that day. Are they? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not I'll sure. I'll have to check. But anyway, yeah. yeah, it's, it's the noon kickoffs are killing us recruiting wise, right? It's just, you can't get anybody in a three thirty kickoff. I'm talking Eastern time here, guys. Just because some of the Eastern prospects getting getting going going the other side, it's just they it's do. difficult. Penn State, Michigan play November 11th, the same week as Oklahoma, West Virginia. All right. Well, if that's not the NBC primetime Big Ten, it's hard figuring out who has priority on Big Ten games these days because they're on like three or four flipping networks. It's not as bad as the CW ACC game of the week where they got preempted by local TV, uh, and some people didn't see the ending of. Uh, I think the Wake Forest pit game, they missed that because it well, was. I, I just could, I could not believe, I think he even said something like, I just could not believe that Penn State, Ohio State was a noon kickoff. Like, I get your Fox and you want that to be your thing, right? But I remember years ago, uh, I guess over 10 years ago now, CBS did not do night games. And then the year that LSU and Bama were one, two, and then they played each other again, right? In the national title yeah, game. Yeah. That year was the first year I can recall CBS said, you know what? We're going to do two games on Saturday. And they put the LSU Alabama game at night. Like, yep. I mean, if you're Fox, why aren't you saying, like, look, we put that game at night. We're going to get tons of ratings. Let's put that is game it, at Is night. it baseball? Is it, is it a baseball contract throwing them off? No, maybe. maybe. I think maybe. Um, yeah, anyway, so. But yeah, so let's hope we don't have another another noon kickoff there. Um, the one name we mentioned him last week, um, Will Griffin, the quarterback from Tampa, the twenty twenty six kid who looks. I'd I was to say if, some, if he was, somebody if he was, posted that picture on the board. There's no way he's a sophomore. I want to see a getting, birth certificate. He, I want to <laughs> see a birth. That's all I'm telling you. I want to see a birth certificate. The kid looks. Really in very good shape for a 16 year old. Like, um, that's just my argument. Like, we could argue. Like, I'm just going to say, like, birth certificate, show it to me. I want to see it. He's 19 if he's a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Samaj P. Ryan being 32 years old and playing running back for, you know, the famous story that some players thought Samaj was a kid's parent. Yeah, but when I met Samaj, I asked him who his kid was his kid being recruited to OU. <laughs> Saw him in the elevator. Um, so yeah, I mean, if he's sixteen and he looks that that good, um, 
Perhaps he's perhaps Griffin is really you know it's like it was a it's an old East German name and his his is like East some East German track team is in in his in his family pool because the kid looked stupidly good. He's been uh, doing pyramid training forever, yeah, for for high school, and and his film is stupidly good too. So we don't know. I don't know if he's the OU target for twenty twenty six. If you're on our message board, you know I posted my five recruiting thoughts and to just drive. Caleb crazy. I took the OU recruiting room out to 2028 uh, with uh, Rossi with Rossi um, Sperry, uh, the eighth grader, um, uh, Kevin's younger brother, uh, uh, just to show you how ridiculous recruiting and, and names got. So I just said, well, let's just take this to the to its ridiculous results. I've talked about a 26 kid and a 27 kid, so I'll throw 28 in here just to make Caleb go a little bit crazy. Yeah. But uh, he was on campus, Trigger. and and it's just 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 it's just bizarre. So, speaking of twenty six quarterbacks, which seems a little ridiculous, although uh, Lincoln Riley has a has a twenty twenty six quarterback uh, verbal to him. Um, will Lincoln Riley be there in twenty twenty six? I think it's a, a brilliant question. But this is not a USC podcast, and we could go for an hour on USC recruiting and Lincoln Riley topics. But I, I won't drag us there. It's. It's the silly season. I refer to this as the rumor monger, rumor filled, five star flipping, silly season. And to show you how silly it can get, so uh, 2025 top five player in the country, Armando Blount, committed to Miami, I think, like three weeks ago. And I was like, oh, disappointing because I thought he was listing OU in his top five. I thought, oh, you might get a visit. It's like, oh, well, he's going to Miami. Well, he just flipped to FSU and is reclassifying <laughs> to 2024. So that's the example of how silly the silly season. Not only did he just ditch Miami, where I believe he has like a, a friend, a uh, staff member, you know, heavy connections. Like Miami is like, yeah, this is great. And then he ditches Miami and he's going to be playing at FSU next year. So Bryant Wesco in kind of a, uh, if he was an NFL GM, you would say this is the 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 non-denial denial. Why Brian Wesco on Twitter said I'm my recruiting's completely closed down. It's completely closed. It's exactly like, what you see when they fire a coach, right? They come out and like, say, He has my full support. Like eh, Exactly. Exactly. Yes, he has my full support. Yeah, I have my full support. So we'll see if that sticks. Um it wouldn't be the first time something I've completely closed down my recruiting and then three weeks later, due to circumstances beyond my control, um I'm reopening my recruiting. So we'll see. But taking Brian at his at his at his word right now, and he's sticking with the Clemson Tiger train. If I was a defender, I'd be like, "Eh, hey, no problem." If I was a wide receiver, I would be slightly cautious about that because uh, Kate Klubnick does does not look good. He just doesn't. Even as a defender, it's. Uh, I saw someone put this stat out, and I'd butcher it, but it's it's interesting. Surprising when you look at what Dabo Sweeney is as a head coach, his record without Brent Venables as his defensive coordinator. Yeah, it's it's it'll be interesting to see what 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 continue how Clemson where Clemson goes next year. So yeah, but speaking of the silly season and our favorite one of our favorite silly topics, Texas A and M football. Uh, they just lost Weston Davis. Uh, he's a five-star offensive. He's five-star and on three. He's like a four-star and a couple of other services. The services, O-line-wise, are all over the flipping place this year. It's just bizarre. 
But regardless, he's a big team. He's a big time pickup for AM. He's from the Houston area. And he's flipped to LSU. So that's the second Houston area kid to bail on the Aggies in the last two weeks. You said that was and DJ Hicks that's leaving Texas AM? No, did I did you? not say that. Oh, you didn't say that. I'm confused. No, I'm sorry. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said that was Weston Davis. <laughs> oh. So no. So no. Smee 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 Schmicks is not has not left Texas A and M. Okay. I did I not. Kidding. I did not. I did not say that. You did not okay. hear me say that. No, no. I I was just yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got yeah. I got yeah. confused. No, that, no. That news report. Uh, no, that's that's not a news report, but. Uh, uh, you cannot shake a. You can't. You could can hit a hit OU message board post with that rumor. You know, swing a dead cat. You'll hit hit a post about that. Um, so uh, whatever, guys. It's not portal. It's not portal season yet. We'll get to portal season in a little bit. It's now silly high school recruiting season. So Caleb, that's the that's the second dent in A and M's class. And then Ryan Wingo hmm. completely picked to Missouri. No, so going to oh, going to Texas, going to Texas, going to Texas, then going to Missouri, going to Missouri, going to Missouri, going to Missouri, and then two hours before he picks, going to Texas, going to Texas, going to Texas. So uh, he's chosen Texas. It uh, will it stick? I don't have any reason to presume it won't. Um, do you think this has any am- impact on Williams Winery? I mean, Missouri's having a great season, much better than we thought they would have. So. Well, the SEC Eli Drinkwitz, well, it is. It's a bad year in the SEC, but uh, Missouri still winning football games. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean, it's that's what you're paid to do, and he's doing it. Whether yeah. it's against bad competition or good competition, or uh, you know anything in between, and, and 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 some of the teams he's beating, whether they've got issues or not, there's there's still talent at different positions, and so it's right. He's he's doing a good job. That don't want to take it as you know. I can I can happily eat crows. I think in the beginning of the year we thought they'd win five games, and they're setting yeah. like six or seven wins, or whatever yeah. it is. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think there's probably two schools of thought. One being, uh, and let's just like be as transparent as possible to at least everything that we've heard, and that being that the amount of money that Missouri was offering the Noweri family in Williams was far beyond what anybody else was going to offer. And the rumor also was that that was the big driver behind Ryan Wingo potentially going to go to. Uh, and it was the same thing with Luther Burden, right? In-state kids, Missouri will just pony up because they know how I think it looks from a PR perspective of like, hey, we wish we could be an elite football program. We're not. We kind of still will argue that we are cusp. So in order to keep that argument going, keep our ego alive in check, we will pay a ridiculous amount of money to one or two recruits. Now, we'll also watch all of our best players in the offseason leave via the portal and go play elsewhere, but we'll pay one guy a ton of money. Uh, some people would say like, hey, maybe Wingo bolting, that just opens up more that if, you know, when Nawari is looking at it and going like, you know what, Missouri, you're having the best season you've had in 15 years and nobody cares. Like you're still playing on ESPNU at 11 o'clock or on the SEC network at 11 o'clock. Like nobody cares. Uh, I, I want to play somewhere where, you know, I want to play the big games. Like I want to play – these you know big time ball 
and then Missouri could just come in and say, hey, I know we said it was $1 million. You know, here's 1.5. And he, okay, I'll stay. There's that. I think there's also potential maybe. I don't know. Do you see what Ryan Wingo's dad said at the presser? Yep. When he, no, said, he said, yeah, he, he said smiled real I, big and said, well, it ain't Sunday yet. And it looked like the way he said it, it made it seem like in the grin, everybody read into that. Okay. They're open for business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, they're open for business. So, although I would say yeah, this, he, it's he puts, if, if Texas wants him and if they really want him, I mean, Missouri ain't got a chance in hell out bid in Texas. They just don't, you know, uh, but I don't know, you know, Sark may look at that and be like, Hey, the investment, that's not, that's not money well spent. If we're going to pay that crazy amount for one kid and, you know, and I could go, I'd rather go buy two offensive linemen than spend a ton on, on, on just one wide receiver. So I don't know, but I was, where I was going with that is it's also potential. Maybe he looks at it and he sees like, you know what, like maybe Ryan's right. Right. Like, Texas has a decent season and they're in the top five. They're talking about playing for a national title. Their games are, you know, their game against Oklahoma, their game against Alabama, the whole of college football, the whole world descends upon those games because that's what they mean. Right. Like uh, again, Missouri can be whatever playing, you know, one loss playing against a one loss Kentucky team. And it's at 11 AM on sec network. Like nobody cares. And so maybe he looks at that and he says, yeah, I think that's, that gives, maybe that gives him enough personal courage as well to follow in similar footsteps. You know, if you, you could probably make an argument either way and I wouldn't, you know, uh, I wouldn't argue the opposite. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if, if, if perhaps like he, you know, when Aries like, well, if I, if I choose Missouri, maybe I can get Wingo and, and McClellan, the, the wide receiver who's committed to Ohio state from the St. Louis area. Um, oh God, that, of, that would be a terrible mistake by any wide receiver to not go to Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh yeah, let me turn down millions of dollars. Well, and that's the thing, right? And yeah, it's, it's like we're yeah, talking about being, this with being kids. That, by, you know, being coached by the number one wide receiver coach in the country. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. Well, well, yeah, sure, I'm going to do that. But yeah, so I think it's interesting that if maybe Winery's like, well, if I do this. In Jan- if I do this in August, right, in August, if I recall right, early August, then maybe Wingo and McClellan will choose, you know, if the offense is going and Burden looks good, maybe they'll choose Missouri and, you know, we'll be like three big-time players, one on offense, one on two, two on offense, one on defense, and we'll be like the, we'll be like a core group that will, you know, buttress the, the Missouri class. And maybe you're right. Maybe he'll look at that now and go, now it's just me. Okay. Yeah. And Luther Burden's leaving next year. Okay. That and is one of those things, right? Like it, it looks, it looks good. You know, when you're talking about, oh, we're going to put this class together and we're going to bring it back. And then that doesn't come together. And you're looking at it going like, okay, this is going to be a weird deal. I'm going into a place where I'm going to be making this amount of money. That's the only reason I'm going there. It's going to be difficult to win any games. And then, you know, the reality is as well, like you kind of talked about there, you're going in with a bit of a, I don't want to say the target on your back, but uh, everybody was, it's an old saying, right? When it's, it's not so much the have nots, right? It's the haves that have the target on their back when you're, everybody else has a deal with, you know, Chick-fil-A down the road for a free chicken sandwich twice on, on Wednesday and, and Saturday, and you're making seven figures. It's like, well, you haven't played. I would, you know, was second team all SEC and, and I'm, 
you know, nothing. What, I'm going to go on? in the portal and go somewhere else, like like love it, and go go to Georgia where he's obviously probably getting a bunch better. Uh, same thing, right? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the Dom, tackle, the, yeah, the defensive tackle that starts for LSU. I, I forget his name. Oklahoma also Wingo. Portal. Also named Wingo. Also Wingo. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm not sure their relation. Miki yeah. and Mackay. Yeah. So I mean, you know, their best defensive end. I say that. One of their starting defensive ends, he transferred to Arkansas in the offseason. I, I, I you know, went through that. That's why I was a little bit surprised uh, that that's where Nwari chose, just given when you really dug into Missouri. You're like, okay, they've been able to get guys like Burden and some others, but they also lose everybody in the portal. Like they're a net negative. They, they're one of those rare teams where – you know, yeah, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, uh, other top programs look at them and go, "All right, who are your best players? I'll take them." <laughs> yeah, just you just wonder sometimes if someone like, uh, and maybe I'm reaching here, like Williams Winery, sort of like, you know, looks at like you know an NBA example, right? LeBron never wanted to think by himself, That's right? right? I mean, you know, he's got to. I, I got to have some, you know, I got to have you know two superstars next to me in order to maybe make an impact. And, oh, you can say, um, David Stone is, is saying hello. And, right. and, and so's um, Peyton play, Bowen and PJ Adeware are, are both also saying hello. In case Dan, you're, yeah, you'll play opposite uh, of Danny Okoye, you know. Or uh, Danny Okoye as well. So we're just letting you know, and we're letting you know that, you know. Uh, you won't be double teamed uh, every snap. You, you know, you're, you're, you come here and – you will not be on a roster by yourself. So, to, yeah. so, so I do um, have a hard time seeing him uh, back out of the the deal with with uh, with Missouri. I, I would yeah, be I surprised. I, I don't. I don't. I think it would be surprising to me, based upon their season, if um, he was able to, from a publicity standpoint, um, be able to pull that back. I imagine it'd be a pretty big, pretty big backlash. Yeah, uh, that way. But you know, it it, it does happen. Though. I mean, this this Armando Blunt kid, the 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 bell cow, you know, star of Miami's future recruiting class, just dumped him for LFSU and it changed classes on them. So it silly season does cause things to happen. So, all right, off the silly season, and now back to something a little more tangible. So, Caleb, I've been holding you back uh, on sort of a review of. Devin Jordan, because I kind of want you to make a, a case for that OU had had Cameron Campbell about to come in. Devin Jordan kind of stole his spot. You've seen film of both of them. Mm-hmm. Do you think OU got the better cornerback prospect or, they, or, or how close are they? What do you think? I know the one thing is we know how big Cameron Campbell is because there's some field level shots of him, right? So we got a yeah. much better, we got a much better view of what he looks like versus like the um the Galaga Iber Arena camera view that Tulsa Union has so like difficult. watching like watching basketball from you know, yeah you're from way the, up above the, it and you're like oh, you know, okay and then a fan and a, two fans float over and you miss a basket um uh so Tulsa Union um uh, so what's your just just looking at Jordan by himself what's your thought of his of his senior year film that's been posted so far no, so yeah, going back and I think he's got like kind of a, a midway point is what it's listed at. It's yeah, probably yeah. actually only four games. I don't think it's a true like five five games and to give you like a true midway. But regardless, right? Uh, I think the first thing that jumped out to me is 
how smooth he is. You can see how expl- you can see that he's a, he's an explosively fast guy. Uh, I looked it up after looking at that, and he's he's got I think one of the top ten one hundred meter times in Tulsa Union High School uh, history. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure he'll ten seven ten seven. seven. Yeah, yep. and I'm sure he'll improve on that. He he may be a you know ten six ten five guy uh, this year. He's really slight, you know, uh, in terms of weight. Uh, you know, assuming he is six foot, watching the way he moved and watching the way he played, he actually reminds me a little bit of Gentry Williams. I don't think he's got. Obviously, Gentry had you know junior Olympian speed before he tore that ACL. But I think you could make an argument like they're really similar. Uh, you know, again, hard to see a, a actual height, but but Devon's long armed. He's a long limb kid. You can tell he's got really long arms. He's got again, he's a really lean kid. He's got a ton of room to add weight. Gentry was similar, right? Essentially, really skinny kid coming out. Uh, I think probably still needs to continue to add some uh, some muscle to that kind of upper shelf on the back traps and and shoulders to avoid some of the stingers that he's he's been dealing with, but still a real physical kid. And that when I looked at Devon and, and Cameron Campbell, that stuck out immediately. Of like, okay, the one thing that again we've talked about this a bunch that you look at with Brent Venables guys are recruiting and JVLI, both are physical. I was actually really, really surprised at how physical Devon Jordan is. I did not expect that because, you, again, you look at him and you see 170 pounds, probably like 9% body fat. He just is – he's real wiry looking, does not carry any bad weight, but he's really lean. And I just expected a guy's game to be built purely on speed, right? Uh, you know, finesse, flu of a finesse. The the dreaded finesse term a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, hey, using that skill that you've got that helps you excel. Yeah, I mean, like you'd watch Trey Brown, you know, and Trey Brown was like, he's just running by everybody, you know, and just used his speed. And and that's what stuck out about him. And yeah, I mean, Devon, his speed sticks out, uh, his, you know, but the thing that stuck out the most to me is he's absolutely, he's coming up and he's getting after people. I mean, he has some just kill shots where like, to me, I loved it. That's the one thing I loved about Josiah Wagner. It was like, first thing I watched Wagner's film was like, man, that guy's an asshole. I really like that. You know, uh, I like that style. And it's same thing with Devon. Like you see him coming up and going for some, just some kill shots. He's, he's bringing it on people and, and trying to get after him. Uh, has no problem sticking his foot in the ground. He's really almost, this is probably one of the things that sticks out between the two of them. If I was to say Devon reminds me of Gentry, Cameron reminds me of a little bit smaller Kenai Walker, uh, you know, it, in that, in that, in that vein, uh, I, I mean, we'll see how he develops physically. I think that's probably the difference between the two. When you look at him, you'd say, okay, with Cameron, he's already a bigger kid. He's carrying a little bit more weight. Uh, if you're at, you know, his ability to hold up as he gets into college on the perimeter, be able to shake those blocks, play the run, play so much of this quick screen game uh, and perimeter game, you feel pretty good about it. Uh, you know, Devon's got to continue to just get stronger. You know, I think he's the he's the more athletic, he's the more explosive. 
he's the meaner of the two, which I, that, to me, that's really, I, it was, you know, it's how I played, right? So it, it probably I'll look for that a little bit more. It was very untalented. So it's like, I'll just be meaner than everybody else. And you watch that with Devon and like, that's, he's, he's got that in him. He's got that, like, just kind of that nasty bit of edge where he really gets after folks. So I think he's a fantastic fit. He feels like after having last year was difficult to gauge, but this year, maybe kind of getting an idea of what a Javali corner looks like. And I think, you know, Devon Jordan looks like a, a Javali corner. You know, athletic, fast, can drive, can play man, can play zone, and is physical. And is surprisingly physical for his size. He really throws his body around. Yeah, I think it's um, – they both have a lot of a lot of good qualities on film. I think Campbell will end up at a really good power five school and end up being – you know, it might be one of those guys we look at a year, you know, two years from now and say, okay, you know, where, you know, did OU choose the right kid? And, and we're kind of, it's a push, right? Like, no, yeah. Devon Jordan's playing well. Man, but Cameron Campbell's doing great at Auburn, Old Miss. Yeah. Where, I mean, wherever, it, he, wherever he shows up, you know, be like, he's, it's, he's not hurting either. This, this, this really could have been a, this wasn't a bad choice OU had, which I think maybe speaks to their evaluation, the good job they're doing in evaluating kids, right? That OU, quickly made this move on Cameron Campbell. It was like, yeah, that guy fits what we want. Um, and, you know, it, it's you can't sign everybody. I know everyone's like, sign everyone. No, you can't. It's, logistically, you can't. You know, you That's already right. took two commits from two other guys. You can't sign six cornerbacks in a class uh, unless we're moving to 120-man rosters and we're moving back to the Switzer days where you had <laughs> 10, 10 five-star tailbacks, uh, you know, halfbacks for the wishbone. You, we're just not in those days. So. You can't sign every. You can't sign everyone, and the reality is everybody's a gamble. Not everybody's going to pan out. Yeah, not everybody's yeah. going to play and be a stud. So you're taking and a you, risk on either. And you do have a little more history with Devon Jordan, right? You've camps, um, games, visits. He's been in Norman four or five times. You know, so you do have a little more maybe background information. Maybe you trust the Tulsa Union coaches just a little bit more. Uh, you know, because Brandon Hall is the in-state guru. So he has a good relationship with Tulsa Union. He's done a good job preparing relationships across the state. So maybe you do have a, just a slightly better, um, you know, connection there. It's a little safer connection. So, yeah, I th- you know, you're right. And, you know, the other thing, and then I don't know that this is to that connection piece. <sighs> You know that, and I'm sure they know that the staff down, uh, I think in Tampa, uh, for yeah. for Cameron's, you know, school. But there's been so many good players that have come out of Tulsa Union, and there's a couple on this roster right now. You you know, he's kind of hit on there. It's like, man, you know, we we know with Tulsa Union kids, and we know with Tulsa area kids, like, hey, if you're a, one of the best athletes in the Tulsa area, like, I I just know what I'm getting. Right, I know it's type of person I'm getting. I'm, I yeah. just, I really know what I'm getting. So, you know, to your point right there, right? Like I mentioned, like it's always a gamble. You maybe maybe you're reducing hedging, your risk. You're reducing, reducing your risk with with that. But you know, uh, I, I really, you know, I, I really like both of them. And I, Campbell's one of those guys. It's funny you say him being a physical guy and being a guy that you'll look at in a couple of years. I my first thought when I was watching was like he just looks almost like a Big Ten corner. You know, when you'd play, you used to play against Big Ten teams, and you're like, man, they're just physical everywhere. You know, it's like they just kind of every little 
they don't want to give you an inch. They just want to beat you up at every point. He looks kind of like that kid. He's going to fit. If he went to, you know, he's, I guess he's not committed to Michigan State any longer. But uh, that made you know, sense, right? That that roster kind absolutely. of made sense. It, did, it that, really did. I mean, because they, they you know, um, you could see Mel Tucker looking at that and being like, "Hey, he's he's a big, he's a physical long corner, and uh, he fit, he fits with what we want what we want to do." And Michigan State, you know, thrived on Florida talent on defense. Just that, that second level of Florida talent, and it was like you're always like, "Why is why is this Michigan State team beating folks?" It's like, well, they they used to evaluate well, did evaluate well, whichever. All right, so we're going to be doing some midseason film reviews um, over the next couple of weeks. And one that kind of bubbled up on our message board, and I wanted to talk about it on this pod, is North Carolina linebacker James Nesta posted his mid-year film review, Caleb. And and I remember watching this and posting it in our admin chat when it came out, and everyone was like, whoa. And then we posted it on our message board. Uh, it's an interesting film. So, Caleb, lead off with your first thoughts on watching uh, – James Nestor, the linebacker from North Carolina, watching what he looks like as a senior. Gosh. Again, like, yeah. So I'll say from a film perspective, like we just mentioned, that that thing that just – that cord that continues to run through every guy that Brant recruits, right? And we talked about this some last year, particularly with the class where I mentioned, hey, with uh, – I liked what Alan Scrinch did from – he tried to go out and build a long, what he thought was athletic roster, and he tried to roster mirror as much as he could. You know, he wanted his corners in a certain profile. He wanted, you know, his defensive linemen in a certain athletic profile. And so I, I liked that, right? But the one chord that you didn't always get was just like to take the actual football player <laughs> being like really good. You were just more, you were left oftentimes being like, well, I see the height. I see the length. I see some athleticism. I can project traits a little bit. Hopefully that works into his system. And you see with his scheme, right? It's not about, Hey, it's, it's, I, you know, it makes sense. Uh, but that cord that runs through his brain is like, you watch, you watch it. It's like, and it's just physical, at physical athletic football players. And that's the first thing that jumps off uh, with Nesta. Second thing for me was I watched that and I was like, my God, is that going to be a defensive end? Like I thought was, was that what Dan Cody looked like as a senior at Ada? Was Dan Cody 6'5", 210, just out there running around, throwing people around? Because like that's what you watch with Nesta. He's you. First thing is when he's off the ball, he's fine, right? He off the ball backer. He's not, he's good, and he can run. He can turn and run. He can run sideline, but he's great moving forward. But when you put him on an edge and you say just go, you know he's just he's a terror, right? He's blowing things up in the backfield. He's making plays opposite of him. He's chasing him down. Uh, he's getting after the quarterback. He's extremely long. Uh, you know, I just my immediate thing coming out of there being like, I just don't know. He's not going to grow into a defensive end because the other part is we're in the age of everybody having personal trainers and everybody spending all their time in the weight room and seven on seven and doing all of that. This is a young man that has spent every offseason from the time he got done playing football. He picked up a baseball glove and a bat and he's played baseball right from probably February through to August. 
Travel team stuff too, right? Travel team. He's a big, he's a legit big time baseball player. He spends nine, eight, nine months out of the year playing baseball. And he's, he spent four, you know, he's eight months playing baseball, four months playing football. And so he's, that's where I say like, is this what Dan Cody maybe looked like? You know, these guys, he's just, hey, multi-sport guy. I'm not spending all my time in the weight room and getting after it. You get him on campus and he's like, okay, you're a Schmitty. You're got a nutrition plan for you. Just maybe going to naturally when you blink an eye and he's, he's going to be six, five, two forty, six, five, two forty five. And you're like, Oh, okay. And you, and you turn around like, you know, 18 months of being on campus or 24 months being on campus and you're, you're six, five, two fifty, and you're going, okay. Yeah. Uh, cause he's, he's again, very long, well-built dude. He's, uh, he's really good, really good, uh, find. There's a certain, um, when I watch this film, like, and I don't mean this in a, I don't take this term too far, but, there was sort of a viciousness to him, the way he was ragdolling quarterbacks that made me think, yeah, this is the guy. I think you need him coming off the edge because he's going to throw a quarterback around and eventually a quarterback's going to be like, that guy's too big and too fast. We're not blocking him. I, I'm, I'm kind of worried about him. Where is he? What side is he on? Because he man, he just ragdolled one quarterback. I was like, that's got to be a personal foul. That's got to be a personal foul because he's just – He's like goat roping him. It's just, it was just awful. Um, but he was just, again, to your point, he's just flying off the edge. That first step burst. It's like, if, if, if you can somehow make that work at linebacker with all the other stuff, that's a, that is a matchup nightmare for defenses. If, if you can make him work at linebacker a little bit like, is it Drew Sanders? Do I have that name right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew Sanders. Yeah, there's that's a good comp. Or you know, I, I, one of the comps I thought was uh, was Jack Campbell, the first yeah. round. You know, the, the linebacker from from Iowa. Uh, but yeah, I mean, gosh, James is James is a much better natural pass rusher than Jack Campbell was. Uh, yeah, because yeah. because yeah, that's the thing. Like it's just you watch him. He's extremely physical, and he, you know, he does. He gets after it on the edge. Uh, it's it's just really interesting when you watch him because he he probably looks more comfortable on the edge when he's there. It's like uh, you know something kind of clicks where it's just go. You know, I mean, it's easy, right? You're not easy, but he he does know. Hey, I'm getting off the ball and I'm getting upfield and I'm chasing whether it's play away from me or that's drop back pass. I'm I'm going after it. I think he's eating up yards with that long frame, long stride. I mean, he's. But he's quick, and he it's – to me, when I look at his ranking, I, I don't see – if you tell me there are 200 players, better prospects in the country, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm buying that. Yeah, not, I think not he, prospects. No. That's, that's, again, I think it goes back to – and he's, you know, uh, so much of it. He's, you know, when all the other kids are going to seven-on-seven seven events or they're going to these training camps and doing one-on-ones and everybody's seeing it. He's out there throwing, you know, 90 mile an hour fastballs and playing baseball. You know, he's getting the guys are the instead of, uh, you know, high school recruiting, recruit Knicks looking at him in the spring, Major League Baseball scouts are looking at him in the spring. Yeah, it's like a little bit like Taylor Tatum, right? We were like trying to figure out what's going on with his recruiting. And he's like, I'm just playing baseball, guys. I'm just having fun playing baseball. <laughs> we're like, I'm oh, focused okay. on winning a state championship in baseball. Like, leave me yeah. alone. Yeah, leave me alone. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I'm interested in OU. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you are? Okay. Because we spent all, some, all spring not talking about you and complaining that you weren't. So, great. That's good to hear. Um, 
But yeah, I just think he's a, he's a, I mean, it's again, another one of these kids where OU is probably, you know, he'll probably end up being a high three star. And I'm just like, that's not, that's not his potential. And it's one interesting thing. I saw an interview with him from a North Carolina, like TV station or something like that. And um, he was talking about how much football is really what he wants to play. It's like, is it so good? I'm so good at baseball. He's like, you know. That, you know, baseball just became everything I, you know, I wanted to play because I thought that's how I was going to get a college scholarship, you know, because I was so good at it. Because Little know, did he know. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, you know, but then I, then I finally started playing football, um, you know, and I finally getting better at football. And a couple of my high school coach said, hey, you know, I think you might actually get a some college, some college football scholarship offers. He's like, really? Man, I love playing football. And then he, and he got the OU offer. So I think that's why he's actually enrolling early, which I was like stunned at. I was like, "Oh, that is right. He is enrolling, which is shocking." Yeah, shocking it is based upon his his because I, I I think that makes him ineligible for the major league draft. I think. Oh, I didn't realize. I mean, well, I mean, can he? He's 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 in college. He's enrolled. Yeah. Doesn't that mean he's in? I just college? don't know enough about that first. I don't know because they've changed it right where it's just first year player draft or first year eligible. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I'll be. I'll be interested to find out. I think he probably out. can still be drafted because it's his first time to be drafted. I think yeah, that's I what that maybe, first. Maybe, maybe the reason I true. say that I've got a cousin that got drafted like last past year, uh, and he was did, a COVID did, but it kid. But used to be the negotiating point, right? Like they were, you know, the players is like, I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm, I'm heading to school right now. But I was sign gonna, this deal. I was gonna, you know, to your point on that. Even if he is eligible for the first year draft, like let's assume he is, right? Him not playing his his senior year of baseball and going straight into Oklahoma to focus on football, he's not gonna. You know, you're you're a major league baseball team. He's like, well, we don't even have his senior year. We saw what yeah. he was as a junior, and they've reduced those rounds. It's no longer fifty rounds or sixty rounds or whatever it was. Right? It's like so you're not eighteen. Taking, you're not drafting, but you're not drafting. You know, flyers. You know, well, you know, I just drafted this guy because I think he's a bit. He's a good looking athlete. Never played baseball. That stuff used to happen, right? Oh yeah, that happened all the yeah. time. You know, they just you know they'd be flyers on. Well, yeah, because yeah, it's like hey, it was, yes, this kid's yeah. big, strong, fast. He's got all the tools in the world. Yeah, uh, we can probably teach him how to do it, right? He's or he's yeah. he's six yeah. foot six, and he's left handed. I can teach him how to pitch. <laughs> I can't teach six six and left handed. Like the fifty third round, they it's like you know I got yeah. draft. You know, like I remember like NFL players like I got I got you know like. NFL draft picks were like, I, I got drafted in the Major League Baseball draft? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I, I think that, that. That's, that's been totally eliminated with yeah, them taking yeah. that first year draft. And they've cut it in half, essentially. It's only 20 rounds now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He, that's – you know what? For the, if he does enroll early, that, that's – you know, Josh on Sooner Scoop has posted, for, has posted something about early enrollees, and he had James Nest on the list. Someone I joked forever when he when he committed. I said, oh, he'll always be that guy when he's playing – when I'm watching yeah, him yeah, play yeah, major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll joke, hey, he was committed to OU for a while because you're because he's 6'5", and he throws mid-90s, you know, or like 92, 93, so lower 90s. But like it's – you're 17 years old and you're doing that. Like that's a lot of ability. Him focusing on football uh, – yeah, I mean, I, same thing. I watch some videos and you see some pictures of him. Like you see how his how he's built physically. He's got a great frame. I mean, he's uh, you know, you think of have a frame that's going to pack muscle on. I just don't. I'm just not so sure he's not going to be a edge rushing terror. And again, he may he may stick it. He may stick at linebacker and be just uh, another chess piece where when you're running when you're blitzing 
your mic or your will, and he's that guy. He's playing will linebacker and he's blitzing. Like, look the hell out. He, he, you know, he's uh, potential to be like a double digit sack guy as a as an off the ball linebacker because you blitz him that much. So, you know, he, I could be completely wrong, and that's just maybe even more value from him in that role. Yeah, it's it's just an example, though, as you said. It's the it's it's a little bit like. Hey, this is like a Grinch athlete. Like he's tall, he's long, he fits what what Grinch was looking for. And then you're then you're like, and he also is killing people out on the field. It's like, yeah, okay. So it's got, you got the Grinch thing, like which we, I I'm with you. Like I didn't think it was a bad idea what Grinch was doing. I'm like, okay, I can see the logic a little I bit. I can, that, yeah, right? absolutely. But you just couldn't develop the guys once you got on campus. So yeah, you just it's you've 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 had, you've applied a good methodology. But you've got no idea how to make it work. <laughs> so it's like, I'll get great athletes, and then I won't teach you how to play football. It's yeah, like, yeah, that's that's, that's not gonna that's not gonna work. And I think yeah, the, he, the further we've gotten away from and from him, uh, yeah. I, I say that. I think the more I've just listened to him speak, even when he's at Oklahoma, and the more you've watched his scheme, and I've read stuff on it, the more you realize him teaching guys how to play football is actually not. It's not. He's not trying to do that. It's he, not his core he, strength. It's not his he, core well, strength. No, I mean, I think I, there's an article where he actually. I say an article. There's a video of him at a coach's clinic, and he's going into his methodology of what he's okay. doing, and he's really talking about. You know, I, I didn't like it, and it really turned me away <laughs> from liking him even at that time because it's. He's talking about oh, offenses. They want to do this, and they want to do that, and they want to do this to us. So we're going to flip the script on them, and here's what we're going to do. He's basically trying to take just this very aggressive nature of, of how defense works. And it's, yeah, I'm not going to teach you block recognition. We're not going to put in a bunch of, you know, different coverages. Um, we're not going to spend a ton of time, you know, going super in depth on the mental side of this. I'm going to try to get quick, fast, long, athletic guys, and I'm going to play the odds. And the odds are how the analytics shake out. I'm sure he's the biggest analytics guy in the world, and you could tell from his discussion. And it was – Hey, if we can get us, if we can get a, a a play for a loss, we stop drives X percent of the time. If we can get a sack, you stop a drive Y percent of the time. And he's he's just playing an odd game of odds. He's just he's just gambling at all times, and that's why he's go. I think he's going for broke. You know what I mean? Like, look, reality is like you gamble like that. It's like Kyle jokes, right? Like Vegas isn't built because they lose, right? So like the analytics are all fun, but like you're losing gambling like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's the the he got roasted sadly for um, if anybody watched the Utah game, they killed them with wheel routes, right? Oh, to shit. a safety, to a safety, safety playing running back. Uh, is it Taki or Saki? Ta- yeah, is uh, it Taki? I think it's Taki, right? Taki, maybe. And and Grinch is like, yeah, they never showed that on film. We were just confused, and you're just like, except for last <laughs> week. <laughs> it's like it's like we, it's a wheel route, isn't this so fairly? Um, oh, the, the worst part is he's like, they never showed that on film. And someone immediately was like, some Utah fan, I think, was like, yeah, huh? We ran that last week against Cal. Here it is. And they posted it on social oh, media. Man. And you're like, holy shit, man. Like, that's where I even start to wonder, like, does he actually watch film? And it was talked about when Brent got, right? It's like none of the players, like, we don't go up there. We don't spend time up there. We don't watch film. They had right, to teach right, Danny like, how to watch film. Yeah, it's taken a year to – um, took it a year to sort of deprogram, um, 
but it's the bad, you know, bad habits all out those of the bad guys. habits. But that is, I would say, like it's again going back to like Devon Jordan and then James Nesta, and really all of them. You know, uh, Danny Okoye, Boganowski. Oh my the guy god, we just saw right. Such a good example. Just... You know, Wyatt Gilmore, and like maybe the first thing that jumps off when you watch all of them, you come away and you go, they're physical. Like they're not. You know, when it's Bite down your mouthpiece, get after it, right? In this moment, they do. Like they get after it. Every one well, of those guys. That's your that's your defensive end turned H back destroyer of <laughs> linebackers is is poor Wyatt Gilmore. Then we see uh, the one every, where he bench presses the kid, like yeah, literally. Yeah, threw him into the end zone. It's, it's like poor Wyatt Gilmore. I'm like, he's like, I'm just dying to play defensive end. And meanwhile, we keep seeing tight end highlights and we're like, Please, please play tight end, Wyatt. Please, please play tight end. So it's uh, the poor guy is going to be like, man, I want to kill quarterbacks, and, and you know, and like a, some fan will be like, when are you playing tight end, Wyatt? Like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, you know, it's it's been such a, I you know, it's it's been a little bit of um, you know, it's Austin Stogner. You know, I think he's playing better lately. Yeah, um, he has. He has played. It's taken a little while to get going. I think you know. Um, so I think he's been playing better lately, but it's certainly been, you know, OU fans are kind of like, you know, they're looking for a, you know, they want a, they want a Mark Andrews or Grant Calcaterra tight end, right? They want God, I take a Brody Eldridge. Want, just I just or, get, just give that well, offense. Brody, Brody Eldridge, Eldridge would be Brody Eldridge would be killing people in, in the current Big Twelve play. I, um, which he, you know, I've always been, and like I, I love Coach Wilson, Kevin Wilson, and I'll always be a fan as I, you know, so. He talked about this in the past. I think he's mentioned maybe like Cade Stover, Brody Elders, like his two favorite players that he's ever coached. And he said, uh, oh, this is probably the best compliment you can get as a player. He said when he would watch film and it was a called, you know, if when Brody was in and only a handful of times was he in a route. I take that back. It was more than a handful of times. He was actually straight line fast. But he said he never actually watched – when he was grading it, when Brody was – when Brody was blocking, he didn't watch Brody. He's like, I just, I knew he got his block. I didn't have to. It's like, we yeah. knew if it was, we were lined him up and it was like, you go block this guy. He went and blocked that guy. Like, we didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, this team would be, this Oklahoma team would be uh, significantly better if they had just a, a manster at tight end that was burying linebackers and defensive ends like Brody Eldridge did. Yeah. So, Wyatt, we know you want to play defensive end. You know, Caleb and I are with you. I mean, I watch your film at defense, and I'm like, I, I view a, def- a a a powerful, rugged guy who's going to feast on quarterbacks running away from PJ Adeware right into <laughs> your arms. <laughs> You're going to be like, oh, where'd that guy come from? Oh, let me go this way, and all of a sudden, Wyatt Gilmore, you know, just decks the guy because he's he's running, running, running into him. Um, so I think Gilmore's I think it'll like I think he'll like pile up stats. Everyone's like, man, why has Gilmore got so many stats? Like, well, they're running away from everybody else, and he's exactly where he needs to be to get the tackle he needs to get. So Yeah. Uh, and he's and just, run and run defense, he's yeah, you know, he'll he's I mean, he'll we won't have he'll be like Dan Cody without the reprogramming of the first two years, right? Just yeah. Well, you know, it's something the, that's off been, the bat, off the you, hop. You can be, you can look at the, with this year's team with how much better Ethan Downs is, with just 
you know, again, he knows what he's doing. He, he, you know, uh, he knows what those around him are doing. He understands what the call is and he's starting to understand, I think, and it always is the case, right? The more you play in that scheme, you also begin to understand what are they trying to do to me? How are they going to try to block me? You know, if we're in this call, this is what I'm probably going to see. They're trying, you know, you just start, you start to get it. Uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, with, with guy, you see the value like Rondell Bothroyd is such a good example. All the goal line stands Oklahoma's had, the short yards they've done. Like we, and I'm the world's worst, right? And I mentioned this last week, you get caught up on like, you know, Daniel Koye is the twitchiest edge rusher minus, you know, he and PJ are the two twitchiest edge rushers Oklahoma's maybe ever signed in the history that I've ever seen, right? They're just, they're that kind of twitched up last 20 last relevant 20 years right? last last, last 25 years. years probably right yeah. like just from a hey they're i mean i maybe i guess oboe was pretty twitched up in terms of that first step being highly explosive but yeah you, know, you just you kind of take for granted that those guys that are just you know physical at the point of attack do their job don't get sucked down when they shouldn't get sucked down they maintain the edge when they should they do all that stuff right, and they just play it the way it's supposed to be played. And again, they're physical, and that's you know, yeah, that's everything about all of these recruits really for two classes that you scroll down. You know, you can come out and say, "I wish the guys a little bit bigger," or maybe they've done a good job. I think of recruiting measurables across all of them, but you could probably find guys who say, "I wish you're a little right, uh, uh, Bowen's little brother." You could find guys who say, "I wish you're a little bit faster," right, uh, but. You, you can't pop on a film and say, you know, he's not very physical. Every one of the guys that Brent has identified is like, no, like they, they'll stick their face in there and and they're physical. I mean, the the most, you know, the most you can say is someone like Samo is, well, he's playing a lot of wide receiver. You know, he he isn't playing a lot of linebacker in his footage. Yeah, that's it. They'll teach him linebacker and (laughs) physically he's like second off the bus. So, you know, what are you, what are you talking about? then you, take Lewis Carter and it's almost like that might be the most physical tape I think I've seen in the last five years. And he's an intelligent kid. I know everyone, I forget who it was on the throwback UCF, the throwback, right? On the kick. Uh, Who was it? Came flying down and made the tackle. I think it was uh, Kip Lewis. And the announcer's like, oh, Kip Lewis comes flying out here and makes that. Lewis Carter made that play. Lewis Carter <laughs> was edge contained. He didn't get sucked down. He set his edge on that on his blocker, and it forced that guy. He couldn't get up Oklahoma sideline. It forced him back inside, and there was Kip Lewis. So yeah, that's again just the, it's the little things. Uh, yeah, that, it's, yeah. Um, Ness is an example of that. So it's uh, we'll do more of those. We'll, we'll probably we talked enough about him. I think we'll do Wyatt Gilmore next week. I'll have to just double check and make sure we got some midseason. I know we've got highlights. Just yeah. make sure we got some midseason film for him, because you know, because eventually we will get to guys like you know David Stone and and Akoya, where we're just kind of like, wow. wow. <laughs> but we, I, you know, we need to highlight some of the other guys in the class because it's a, it's a nice big class. It'll the be good to do both quarterbacks as well. Yeah, and we're gonna, we're gonna I'm going to force you to do a quarterback head to head comp coming up. So saving that for a week, we don't have like you know maybe two commitments, although. If 25 keeps going at the rate it's going, we may have like 15, 25 commits by Christmas. So it's just crazy. Um, but that's uh, that's where we are this uh, this Thursday. OU travels to KU. Then they have to travel to Stillwater. So we won't have a visit weekend again until November 11th. Uh, we'll keep an eye on what's going on with Grant Bricks. 
Eddie Pierre-Louis. Um, maybe Jordan Seaton shows up for the West Virginia game. Um, I think there's a, there's a good possibility of that. He seems to be enjoying unlimited visits and, <laughs> and going around the country. Um, good for him, right? If you're a five-star and at, at offensive tackle where there's not a program in the nation that doesn't need you or wouldn't take you, um, I, I might take if I if I could fit twelve ske- visits in my schedule, uh, I I might I might do that because um, it's lit. I mean, again, you're a, you're a bookend five star elite tackle. There's there's literally no I can't think of a program right now that would turn him away. No, not unless there's I don't know. Maybe I think Ohio State's got a pretty full offensive line class, although they had a kid decommit. So yeah, I, I mean, unless you've just got a really full offensive maybe line Michigan, class. Maybe Michigan. Michigan's got like four tackles, right? Okay. Maybe, yeah, yeah. You'd have to be in that space where you're like, hey, love to take you, but we've got a we've got a full O line class. So you yeah, have I mean, to be got, in. Yeah. So um yeah, so maybe he'll show up that if he does, that would be interesting. If he makes a late visit and is deciding later, um, so we'll keep an eye on all that, and we'll keep an eye on the silly, silly season. See if there's any breaks there, and uh, eventually, um, you know, OU will go through Black their Black Friday uh, game with TCU. We'll know then if they're going to be in a Big Twelve championship game. But Big Twelve championship game or not, the the portal madness starts December. I think like December seventh, right? And it's December is going to be a crazy portal season. It just, it will be. Yeah. Um, OU, I don't think OU needs as many guys, but they may be big game hunting, um, especially on the O-line, depending upon some decisions that, that, that have some players have to make. So we'll be keeping track of all that, just like we did last year. I think we had great portal coverage for you guys last year in December and January. Um, I don't think OU's looking for a wide receiver in the portal this year, though. So we won't have the 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 panic about that from our fan base or angst about who is going to be our wide receiver. Thank you, Emmett Jones, for getting us <laughs> off the portal, the portal wide receiver merry-go-round. Um, appreciate that. So uh, I think it'll it's going to be an interesting, you know, we're going to get through Kansas and then we're going to be in the last month of the season. And it's going to be really interesting to see which way stuff goes. So... Um, I appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, Caleb, thanks again for co-hosting. You can find me on Twitter, X, and CM underscore Sooners360. If you're not joining our website, Sooners360.com is where I post every day, pretty much. Good football, recruiting, arguments, discussions there. Me and Caleb arguing, agreeing, disagreeing, sometimes agreeing again after reassessing our points. It's good curated discussion with good posters good good football discussion no trolls not a lot of garbage so if you want to really just discuss football in a community of, of like-minded folks who just want to talk football with football recruiting soon as 360 is also on monday mornings you can catch me with barry wise of the barry mack show doing a x space at 9 30 in the morning central time where we recap the so catch up on other groups there. Uh, but otherwise, we'll be back next Thursday. We're going to record and get this podcast up for you guys on Friday. Uh, so thanks for listening. Please subscribe on your platform of choice. Enjoy your weekend, and let's uh, let's take this uh, let's take this ride to eight no this weekend. Thanks.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.